Welcome to Ship Talk, the SRE edition. I'm Jim Hershauer, host of the SRE edition, and a recovering techie who likes to talk to other people about technology now. Ship Talk is a podcast sponsored by Harness, the software delivery platform, and the SRE edition is all about reliability topics. My guest today is Matt Schillerstrom, who also happens to be my coworker. The other day, Matt and I, we were talking about the impact that all of the current corporate efficiency initiatives might have on the reliability of applications. And Matt had some really great insights that I thought he could share with us. So Matt, welcome to the show. Yeah. Hey, Jim. Glad to be here for the first chat here. Yeah. We've been working together for what now? A little less than a year, but we've had a lot of fun. So yeah, we get to spend a ton of time together and have some really interesting conversations. <laughs> so I know a lot about you, Matt, but I'd love for you to take a minute to go ahead and share your tech background with our listeners. Yeah, for sure. I've been in tech for about 20 plus years. I started out my career actually at a nuclear power plant. When I graduated college, I thought I was going to get into the leading edge technology, but I found myself working on like 1980s General Electric, like old computers, like with backs and VMS operating systems, like the true green screen. Old school. Yeah. Fun. I, I wouldn't take that back. But yeah, I was at the power plant for 13 years, just doing like IT system work administration. I had four or five years where I was actually in engineering doing reliability testing on pumps and motors. But then I got back into the power plant control system and I was an administrator of the actual controls that the operators would use to run the power plant. So that was cool. Yeah, then, really important reliability at the power plant. Yeah, life or death. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, is, that gonna is it going to leak radioactivity or not? Right, right. right. But yeah, then I was at Target, a big retailer out of Minneapolis, Minnesota for five years as a lead engineer, building out their chaos engineering program. So it was like an old school IT disaster recovery team. And then we revamped it into doing real-time disaster recovery, utilizing chaos engineering. Awesome. That's quite a background you have. So some serious life or death reliability work that you've done and then maybe not quite life and death but serious business that you're involved with so great background yeah so listen before we get to our main topic i'd like to just play a little little game here to start out and have some fun i'd love for you to to tell me one truth and one lie and i'll try and guess which one is which based on what i know about you okay so well, truth and a lie let's see if i can fool you i'm an avid saxophone player played all my life Marching band, jazz band, wind ensembles, or I've actually never had to do a Kubernetes production rollout by myself. Huh. Okay. Huh. For some reason, I think, I think you're a musician. I don't know if, if so, what's jogging my memory about that, but remember, I know you, so this can be a little bit easier for me, but, but that's my guess. My guess is you're, you're a musician, you're a saxophone player. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> that's one quirky thing about me, I guess. So cool. Well, it's great to have hobbies outside of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, let's, let's jump into our main topic now. So the reason that I wanted to have this conversation is because companies are cutting back today, right? Right now with the current economic environment, companies are looking for efficiencies and those efficiencies can potentially come with compromises. And we were having a conversation about this and you shared really interesting story with me. So I think this was back to your retail days. Why don't you go ahead and, and, and share that story one more time? Yeah, I think what's interesting just with this 
story in retail, um, like it relates a lot to my power plant days because at a nuclear power plant, you have defense in depth, you have multiple redundancies built in. And as an example, like if I were to take you on a tour of a power plant and you were to point, what is this? What is this? What is that? It'd all be for like failover or safety, like hardly anything in the power plant except like big turbine itself is what makes money. Everything else is there to safely shut it down. And when I look at my experience, like at the retail stores, right, and the environments, we would often like over buy like over capacity what we really needed leading up to peak seasons with like Cyber Monday or, you know, the holiday season. And what that meant was like a month before, like we expected, you know, thousand acts of traffic we would actually just be willingly paying millions of dollars in extra infrastructure just to have that capacity and confidence that our system would be scaled appropriately to handle, right? And if you think back to like 2018, 2019, like, you know, the economy was really good and, you know, spending that, you know, millions of dollars extra on infrastructure didn't really matter, right? Yeah. Or it, maybe it mattered, but like people didn't know how to look at the granularity of it because FinOps wasn't as like, you know, popular or well known back then either. Right. Yeah. So how, so how many times a year would you say that your company was over provisioning like this? Yeah. So at my retail like company, we would spin up, you know, multiple times a year over provision, over capacity. But again, we had that confidence that we would be able to perform and withstand, you know, disruptions in event. Cause like if we had network loss or, you know, peak unexpected spike in traffic, we bought enough such that it should be resilient through that chaotic storm. Right. And it, and it was, you know, we were, we were rock solid, generally speaking. And what was interesting, like leading into the pandemic and COVID, all, a lot of these retailers, especially, you know, like grocery stores, they were running peak load almost every day with, you know, delivery and on demand shopping. Mm -hmm. Um, and what was interesting about that too is that because they're running this well oiled machine at peak capacity, like over provision, like they were just rock solid, stable, right? Reliability was there like a hundred percent. And again, they were paying more infrastructure, but they were also making a lot more money at the time. Right. And it, it didn't really have to think about like that efficiency as much just because it was working. Yeah. And you right? can do, then, you can do that when business is good, but what happens when times get tough and lean? Yeah. And I think, you know, as you saw, you know, after the pandemic and, more people getting out in the open and not doing as much online shopping, like retailers in general had to scale back their infrastructure, right? To like normal capacity, like pre COVID times. And what you saw, like, and you can see this in the like internet, if you search outages too, like the, the infrastructure that they had, that they provisioned, it, it didn't meet, you know, that reliability standard that they had throughout, like, you know, these high provisioned time periods over COVID, right? Because they scaled back from an economic perspective, but also they hadn't really tested, you know, everything that they probably should have going back to the right sized infrastructure during that time period. So then you see, ma you know, massive outages that we saw even from AWS, right? And Google and other cloud providers. Yeah. So ultimately what is the you know what do you recommend as a as a good way to fix that to address that and to deal with that yeah i think i mean when you look at 2023 here 
you have to have the right amount of testing. And like, what does that even look like? Um, you, besides having the right tools, like you need the right people with the right like checklist of how you're going to like handle like your business logic. So like, taking a step back, like what that looks like is working with your business, like your product leader that are driving like those business initiatives, just to understand the service level objectives, right. That lead up to the service level agreements, because at the end of the day, like it's a business decision really on how much you want to spend for that, like customer transaction. Right. I would always joke back in the day about selling bananas and you could spend a lot of money on infrastructure to support selling bananas online. Right. But at the end of the day, like the business can decide, you know, like, well, if, if X happens, if X disruption happens either in the supply chain or from a technology perspective, let's, let's do this. Right. And an engineer might overscale that infrastructure or business process. But if, if, again, if you talk to the business and kind of learn about the consequences and then you can just make those logical decisions to kind of like, you know, provision just enough to get through, through that transaction, but then fail, you know, otherwise if it. Yeah. So it's really, it's really about understanding those failure modes, right? Like setting up the right targets or you mentioned SLOs. So I'll just say reliability targets in general. And then, yeah. you know, how do you test for all those different modes of failure? And it's, that's, that's kind of the whole purpose of the practice of chaos engineering, right? Yeah. Yeah. So where it ends up, you know, it's so like chaos engineering today, it sounds like a daunting task or a cultural movement, but really like where we've shaped it to be at harness is a simple task that you can run in your deployments, right? So it's, you can run a series of tests against specific use cases that you want to prove that you're like resilient through, right? And if companies out there are provisioning new workloads to meet certain capacities, they can simply execute some of these tests to see how their system would, you know, handle that failure, but also how it would perform for their customer, right? What at the end of the day, what's that customer experience look like? And then they can choose, you know, is that good enough or not? Yeah. So, you know, SLOs, reliability targets, those are supposed to be a good measure of customer experience. So is that what you would use? Is that a good measure for determining if your chaos experiments are, are you know, passing or failing? Yeah. You know, like an ideal situation, if you have your service level objectives set up for your service correctly, and that's, that's a daunting task sometimes because sometimes you don't know what all those should be. But if you run a series of chaos experiments to understand like, okay, this is my steady state of my customer experience. And then during these types of disruptions, this is how I expect the system to behave. You can basically just ensure that your service level objectives maintain that performance throughout that whole experience through the steady state disruption, the recovery, the failure. And then you, you can decide if that was good enough because not every transaction would fail. There's always like a percentage, right? And again, as a business leader, maybe it's okay if like 5% of people error out when trying to buy bananas, right? Because it's low cost item and they likely won't get it at a competitor and they'll just wait a couple minutes, you know, for the system to recover to buy that. 
Yeah, yeah, I love your banana analogy here. I think I think you had mentioned to me once that bananas were like the top selling product at at your retail store, wasn't that right? Yeah, bananas were the most popular, and when they ran out of stock, everybody freaked out. So that's insane. <laughs> that's so funny. All right. Well, let's transition to a little more fun. So we covered the main topic that we want to talk about. Let's before before we go, let's let's play one more game. And it's not necessarily a game, but it's just a little bit of fun. Every person who's worked in IT for any meaningful length of time, they've messed something up somewhere along the way. I know I've done it. You know, I'll I'll admit right here that I actually rebooted a production system once during the middle of the production day. Oops, that's that's a painful lesson to learn, but it happens, right? It happens to almost everyone. So Matt, what's your worst IT mess up? Yeah, I think, I mean, we've always had those production issues. I mean, I've had a countless database issues that I ran into that I didn't understand what I was doing and I was overconfident and blew up a database. But <laughs> the one that haunts me still, and it was a safe failure, but at the nuclear power plant, we had these, Rubidium time servers so that we can basically have exact measurement on anything that happened in the plant just as far as timing. And when we were doing an upgrade of it, I accidentally like pulled out one of the cables so that it lost network connectivity. And it all the other servers kind of like just went into this panic mode. And I had to reboot it and it like kind of had a disruption for like five minutes, but it was okay. Like everything kind of failed safe. So it was a good like disaster recovery <laughs> test. It was a like, great what, test. What happened? <laughs> but it was unplanned. And uh, you know, at a nuclear power plant, you have to be completely honest all the time. So you had to report it, you know, talk through the, you know, the root cause of what the issue happened and like how you could learn from it. Right. But it was a good way to validate like the procedures, processes, and see how like, people panicked or didn't panic. Wow. That's, that's intense. All right. All right. Well, Matt, listen, thank you so much for playing along and sharing all of your wisdom with us. Really appreciate it. It was a pleasure getting to speak with you today. And to all of our listeners, if you're an SRE or if you're in a related role and you want to be a guest speaker on Ship Talk, please go ahead and send us an email at podcast at shiptalk.io and we'll get back to you. So that's all for now. Until next time.